Well, today I have the good, good pleasure of introducing uh, not only just a co-laborer in ministry, but a dear, dear friend uh, that I met years ago. Um, uh, he uh, was recommended to come and, and to do a camp with us that we were doing in the mountains of Tennessee. It's a miracle that we're friends today. I think I put him in the world's worst motel ever. A little place called the Ducktown Inn. It would bless you real good. The sun comes shining in under the door. The maid did not care if you were in your underwear. She's coming in to do her thing. She bless you real good. Dan's got a story. He ain't going to tell it today, but he's, he's got a story. Bless you real good. But we have been running together, and he is like a brother. And I want to tell you this. Ever since he's been coming to speak here on Sunday since 2007, Calvary, the people of Calvary have come to another level. The church has gone to another level. Uh, some of the greatest days of us stepping forward into God's assignment have been uh, connected to the ministry of Pastor Dan Yakely. He not only serves uh, with a shepherd's heart, but he serves with a prophet's tongue. He hears the Lord, and what he is about to declare to you is a prophetic door that is about to swing wide open in your life. And all I can say is get ready. Why don't you uh, give a really warm welcome all the way from Denver, Colorado, Pastor Dan Yakely. I don't think I've sweat this bad in a couple years. Where I come from, it's like a negative six humidity level. That's why every time I come, I look grizzled, and you guys never age. Everybody still looks like they're 18, 19 around here. I look like I'm 60 or 70. But I, I am sweating terrible bad. It's like when I first showed up to college in Dallas. I, I mean, the first month I was there, I did nothing but sweat. And that same spirit of sweat is on me this morning. Amen. <laughs> the first group made me work a little harder, so maybe you can give me a little bit of a chance this morning. Amen. Don't make me sweat so hard. You all ready this morning for the word of the Lord? I, um, real quickly, remind me again, the wrap-up time. Seriously. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> I got a couple more downloads this morning. My assignment this morning is, is, um, is this, is to release a decree and a declaration over you. It's very important that you know how to partner with that. Um, it's, there's, you know, sometimes you come into a meeting and there's very little talk and more demonstration. And other times there's both. This time I just feel very strongly that I'm supposed to declare and decree the word of the Lord over you. It is very important. And I do want to say that the anointing in here of honor is, is great. I felt the word of the Lord run swiftly in the early service. That comes through honor. I didn't feel it glancing off of people. There's times you can literally see the word glance off of people. They just can't receive. They're not in a position to receive or they don't want to receive. But praise the Lord, people received this morning. Amen? Amen. I do want to tell you, for those of you that don't know me, I might look like a cheesy car salesman. Um, but I've, I have been vetted. Uh, this house knows me. Um, they love me. I love them. Amen? Your pastor and I have been running together. And we've hung out together. We've shot things together. We've preached together. 
Uh, we talked last night. My brother had me up talking about killing stuff. And um, shooting things, killing, we just love, I mean, I was at his house one night, and I was trying to find every possum, like, I hope you guys don't get bothered by this, but <laughs> I definitely enjoy hunting, but I guess he's going to be making a trip out here real soon to Colorado, and to go do some elk hunting and some goose hunting, praise the Lord, shoot all the geese, just shoot them all, um, we don't like them, they don't, they do not fly out, they fly in and they just stay, and then they just mess up everything, and they're mean. Mean as hornets, so kill them all as much as you can. <laughs> Do us a great service. Uh, Jesus was sitting his disciples. I saw something happen over this morning, and it's for you. Jesus sent his disciples into the city, and he told them, I want you to go cast out devils. I want you to raise the dead. I want you to heal the sick. So they go in, and they were blown away at the level of the power they were able to operate under, and they came out, and they told Jesus, I said, you would not believe that demons were subject to us. We saw this and this. And then Jesus steps back. He says, listen, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning this morning. Off of lives. And I'm going to serve notice today over you that Satan is about to fall like lightning over your life. The enemy has been arrogant over you and thought that he had territory claimed and victory won over you, but I want you to know today there is coming an abrupt action against him and Satan will fall like lightning today in your life. I promise you it's going to happen. There is a divine breakthrough today that's happening. I didn't say that the first service. That's, that's for you. Listen to me. There's a breakthrough coming for you. I need you to partner with the word of the Lord. I have not, I've come a long ways, and I've come for one purpose, to release this word over you of divine breakthrough. There's a word over the house, and then there's a word over you specifically. You hear me? I have no regard for the enemy. Some of you have been so heavily accused by him. Night and day. You've grown weary because he has accused you night and day. And his voice sounds like your voice. And you've just thought it was just you. It's your adversary accusing you day and night. And I'm here to tell you he's going to fall today. Yeah. You will be strengthened in the Lord. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Lord, we'll give you praise. I thank you for your anointing to declare. I thank you for power in the decree. I thank you that the decree establishes things. And I declare today the, uh, uh, that culture of honor to be strengthened in this house to receive your word. I declare every heart to be lifted in Jesus' name. I declare every mind to be set free. I decree healing over every marriage, over every situation. And I declare blessing upon Calvary Church. I declare breakthrough over this church in the name of Jesus. Amen? My assignment, uh, the word that God's put in me actually really started manifesting in 2016. My wife and I were at Azusa now. About 53, 54, 55,000 people came together for a 15, 16-hour prayer meeting. Lou Engel was hosting it with a lot of other leaders. And I literally saw, even in the rain, 16, 15 hours, nobody moved. The people just stayed in the glory of God. 
as they contended and cried out over the nation for revival to break out. At that time, there was four moves of God simultaneously happening in California, which was prophesied that when four moves of God happened, there was one happening in San Diego, one happening up in Redding, one happening uh, down in, in Orange County, and then one happening in L.A., all at the same time. It was prophesied when four moves of God broke out in California at the same time that revival was going to sweep across the nation. I do want you to know there's a tremendous grace on Florida right now for revival. Um, This state makes other states very jealous. I'm serious. Because of the grace of God for revival, because God has found a people that will host his presence. You would think that many pastors want to host the presence and they have grown offended at the presence of God. That's all about to change. But there is a remnant that has said, we are going to get oil in this hour no matter what it costs us. We're going to get oil and we are going to... There have been so many prophetic words decreed over this state. There's a brother that runs Per Mountain in Uganda. The prophet said one of the most powerful revivals was coming to Florida. It's happening right now all over your state. There's a grace for the presence of God. A massive grace for the presence of God and for revival to break out. Amen? And this house is an absolute hot spot for revival. This side of the room, are you, here? Are you with me? Y'all with me here? I had about seven disciples that responded. Does anybody else want to get in this glory? Amen. Listen, I will tell you this. Some of you are a little bit afraid of revival, the idea of having a longer service. Listen, when he comes, you will find out that your flesh cries out for the living God. It really does. You will find out there's a zeal in you that you didn't know, a hunger for the presence of God that you didn't even know you have, and you will be wrecked by the glory, and you will become so addicted to his presence, it'll change everything about you. It will change everything about you. Your kids are going to be changed. Your marriages are going to be changed. Your neighborhoods are going to be changed. And the same glory atmosphere that's here is coming to your house. One of the things that Pastor John Kilpatrick grieved over when the revival broke out in Pensacola, he said, we have such tremendous anointing in the house, but the people's homes or atmospheres are broken. And that began to shift, and people began to have the breakthroughs in their houses. And I'm here to make a decree over you. I would encourage you to grab this. God is about to shift the atmosphere of your house. I think that anointing went to the third row. I'm looking forward to go all the way to the back. I'm serious. I will persist until it breaks through. I will. I'm going to push on you until you get it. You've got to get this. I can't think of anything greater than having the presence of God in your house. I can't think of anything greater than the presence of angels and breakthrough in your home. I can't think of anything greater than you having a great marriage. Your children burning for the presence of God. There's nothing greater than the glory of God in your house. You were made for this. You're made for it. We have to have revival. We no longer, the church does not have an option. This reset is not unto new programs. It's unto greater glory. Presence first. Presence above everything else. Then you can add in stuff to bring excellence to the house of God and to beautify the house of God and to strengthen the family. Presence is the number one thing that we can have. And I love the fact that your pastor loves that. I promise you right now, he would shut everything down if the presence of God ever lifted off this place. He would do whatever it took to have glory here. 
That's why they have done whatever they took to get the glory of God here. Every time I have come here since 2007, the very first message I preached here was on Obed-Edom. When David got offended with the presence of God because God struck out against Uzzah for his lack of fear for the presence. And David got offended that God broke out upon that man. And the Bible says that the glory of the Lord, the ark, went to Obed-Edom's house. The Bible says that man and his whole family and everything he had was blessed for three months because he hosted the presence of God. That was the very first message here. Every time I've come, I've walked into the building and I have smelled fresh bread. So, Lord, what is this? He goes, it is the bread of my presence. In fact, that bread, that same bread, broke out as a revival in Iran. John Arnott was talking to a bunch of pastors in Denver and a young lady go into his church. She was kicked out of Iran. Her father was a, was a dignified businessman. And she got radically saved. And she began to hand out Bibles in Iran. And the father, instead of, you know, there they have honor killings. He said, I love you too much. I, you have got to leave this nation before you get killed. And so she left, came to America, and ended up at the airport church in Toronto. And shared her story with John Arnott. Here's the story. And so she faithfully kept sending Bibles into Iran. Well, her father, at the time of prayer, he was on one of his properties, very wealthy man, went up to one of his properties, and it was the time of prayer, and he set out his prayer rug to kneel down and to pray. He pulled up his Mercedes Benz, and as he was beginning to kneel, all of a sudden he smelled fresh, hot bread. And he tur- he's out in the middle of nowhere. He turned around, and there was a steaming loaf of hot bread steaming behind him. And he, he says, what is this? And then he heard this. I am the living bread. And then Jesus manifested to him. You know what happened to him? When Jesus shows up to you, you don't have any options. You don't just wonder. He got radically saved. At that moment, all voting is over. It's no options. It's like, I'm getting saved. Here's his Messiah. He gets radically saved. That's the same bread that I smelled coming into this church many occasions. The bread of his presence. Don't think it's crazy or a coincidence, which there's no such thing as that word of coincidence in the Hebrew language. That little baby was born on the 29th. Babies represent new seasons by the name of harvest. Hallelujah. Good job, Corey, naming harvest. By the way, I love Corey. What a gift. You guys have got amazing pastors. If you have a teenager, if you have a teenager, you have got, listen, you don't have an option. What are you going to do, let your kid run around in the world and get destroyed? Come on, get them in revival. Take away, don't let them eat until they go to, they'll go to youth group. Don't buy them nothing. Take away their stuff. Set their bed on fire. Ruin everything until they go to youth group. Take away their car. I'm serious. And then if you... I'll tell you something about the children's pastor, too, because I haven't had a, this is my first time meeting Corey, and I'm telling you, he, he radiates the glory of God. This kid's worth, I'm talking, he's worth his weight in gold. I don't know of youth pastors that burn for revival like he does. If you have a teenager, get him in the youth group. Your youth need to encounter the power of God because they're going to be maniacs for Jesus. Turn them loose. And then your, your children's pastor, Carl, that guy's legit. 2017, we're down right here. And all these missionaries, they all decided to pray for me and stuff. They're praying. And I had come here 
to release the word, but I also came here during the season of transition. God always brings me here when you guys are transitioning. What you're doing right now. You're about to transition. That's why I'm here. Say hey. hey. Say ho. ho. Devil, you got to go. <laughs> you guys are in a major season of transition right now. Major breakthroughs are coming to you. And I was standing right here, and all these, these guys are praying, the prophesying some things, and all of a sudden, and I didn't tell anybody, but I lost the, lost the use of my left hand. And we went golfing at a beautiful, David took us to the world's most beautiful course, and I, I about threw the club, about throwing out of my hand. I told Otis, I said, I got to go back to the room and pray. I'm not supposed to be here. I knew that God was speaking to me about my hand. I didn't have any pain, but it was almost completely paralyzed. So I'm standing down here. I didn't tell anybody about my hand. Pastor Otis knew about it. And all of a sudden, Carl steps in front of me. He goes, God says there's something in your hand you're supposed to let go of. I'm like, hey, you little children's pastor. Look at you getting all prophetic. And I could tell he felt a little apprehensive to say that to me. But he didn't have any idea. I went home and I said, Lord, what are you saying to me? Because there was a season that God was transitioning us as a ministry. And it was hard to do because I'm like, I'm like your pastor. He's like a Navy SEAL. You just don't quit. I don't care how hard stuff gets. You don't ever quit. Quitting is not an option. Especially when you're fighting and killing devils. You just don't stop. I don't care if you lose limbs. You just keep going. And God was telling us to transition. So I, I went home and I prayed. And uh, I called Carl up. I said, hey, man, I just want to know, what did you see? He goes, man, I'm just a little bit nervous to tell you this. But he goes, I saw you letting go of a ministry. And so, and the Lord is speaking, we were pastoring a church at that time. It was a radical church. I mean, real radical. And Pastor Otis and the team, they come out there quite a bit. We would have heydays together. And uh, we were given a building, a beautiful building for free. We were in there for 10 years. And, uh, and I felt the Lord was saying, I want you to raise up a house of prayer, a regional house of prayer. And so he says, I feel like you're supposed to lay down a ministry. And I knew it was to lay down the church. So I, I walked in at, to a spiritual son. And I said, I said, Isaac. Isn't that cool, Isaac, the promise? I said, hey, man, we're, we're supposed to land this ship. We're supposed to raise up a regional house of prayer. And instantly, strength came into my hand, instantly. Like, not fully, but probably 10, 15% of just strength came in. Because I couldn't even write. I couldn't brush my teeth. I'm like, holy cow. And so I called up uh, Carl. We started talking. I said, you're prophetic, bro. You're pretty prophetic, you know. Well, then, as soon as we transitioned to that prayer room, all of a sudden, my strength came into my hand. And God gave us such a regional anointing and power to pray. I was one day, I was in there praying, and I was blasting my shofar. I had, I had a, a South African guy come in, and he fell against the door jam of our church. He goes, ooh, you've got a decreeing angel in the back corner. It's huge. I'm like, really? You know, I'm like, I don't, I don't normally see stuff like that. But I, I could feel it, but I, I just believed him. So one day, I'm in there praying. And I'm blowing the shofar. I mean, all the residents around, because I'm in a business complex. I mean, they think I'm a maniac. <laughs> but I just don't care, you know. And uh, I am ripping the shofar like a, like a maniac. And it didn't sound like a dying animal. I'm pretty good at it. It was really awesome, like a, like a, a sick elk or something. And I'm blowing. All of a sudden, this, this angel, I was coming up our aisle like this, and an angel came at me so aggressively. It was huge. We have 15-foot ceilings. And it came at me so aggressively, I actually fell back into our stairs. I thought it was going to run me over. And it stopped, and it stood at attention like this. Boom. And I'm like, what is going on? And I heard the Lord say, decree. And I decreed something over our region, and that thing exploded out of our sanctuary. 
the power to decree. I'm here to decree over you today. Please, even if you don't know me, I need you to pick it up in the spirit. Pick it up in the spirit. What I'm releasing of you, I feel like it bears witness with you. Are you ready? I was at Azusa now, and this, I walked into the middle of the field, and the Lord gave me a download about this house and another house across the way, Pastor Rob. And I saw these two churches. This one and Pastor Rob is this book, this bookend ministries in the region, literally propping up the entire region, propping it up, that everything that you do here is affecting everything out there. So my assignment today is to get you to understand that what you do on a Sunday morning is massive. You ready? Psalm 24, I'm just going to, for the sake of time, just going to tell you what it says. It says, lift up your head, O you gate. So this is a gatekeeping church. You are gatekeepers. You are the ecclesia the ruling body. God says, it's time for you to lift up your heads. Those of you who've been hanging your head in discouragement and you felt frustrated this year, I want you to know something. 2020 has been one of the greatest years for the church. It really has. It's even brought a sifting. It's brought a sifting. It's brought a shifting and it's brought a massive reset. The reset is not under new programs. The reset has been under presence, under fresh fire and new hunger. It's been the church saying, we are out of oil. We've got to get oil. There's a people right now that are getting their oil, their lamps filled right now. Their lamps are being filled right now with the oil of God. Amen? You guys ready? The gatekeepers of your region are coming into the place quickly. I saw gatekeepers of this region being strengthened. And I'm coming today in the spirit of 2 Kings chapter 7, the prophet of Elisha. Understand, when, when, a, when a prophetic voice stands in front of you, I actually saw prophets. I don't even remember what they preached. I just know that whatever they released shifted everything for us. Some of the most powerful shifts came from I don't even remember their sermon. Because it's not about preaching well and under a decreeing anointing. It's about just being there and releasing the word of the Lord. Just sometimes just standing here. I could just do the ABCs. And you're going to come into a breakthrough. It's about just being here. Releasing the word of the Lord. Amen. So I'm not telling you to try to remember everything I'm going to say. I'm telling you just to receive the breakthrough of the Lord. Because there's coming a breakthrough by faith. Who believes that? Raise your hand if you believe that. Raise it up high. Get the bend out of your elbow. Say Amen. Hallelujah. In 2 Kings chapter 7, Samaria was under siege by the Syrians. A horde had come against all of Samaria. They'd shut off their water supply. They no longer had food. It had gotten so terrible. It's kind of a, a, a terrible story, but they began to eat each other's children, trying to survive. And one woman came before the king, and she had a grievance. She says, the other day we boiled and ate my child and my neighbor was going to boil, and we were going to eat her son, but she has hidden him. And I want justice. The king was so offended at this scenario that he called for the death of Elisha. It was a terrible situation. I'm going to tell you something. The prophetic spirit doesn't look at the situation. There's something called a 30,000-foot view in the spirit. Some of you, it's time for you to come up here. You've been down here getting baptized in CNN Come on. Yeah. and Fox News. Yeah. And you've gotten angry and frustrated and bitter. Yeah. And God says, I don't want my people bitter. Right. There is a much higher place in the spirit. Right. The prophetic anointing doesn't, what your pastor says, doesn't just come preach the headlines. 
The prophetic anointing declares the word of the Lord. What does God say over a situation? I don't care how bad your life is right now. I don't care how twisted things are. I don't care how messed up your mind is. I don't care what kind of voices you hear. It doesn't matter how depressed and weary, how sick you are in your body. When God speaks, everything changes. In one moment. He'll set you free in one moment. I love this. What the devil took 20 years to afflict and oppress you, it takes God one touch to set you free. You need to know something. God does not have an adversary. There is no one his equal. There's no one his equal in the sight of darkness. How can a created being be an adversary to an uncreated being? Why adversary? That's good. You like that? God says, I'll make your adversary my adversary, but you've got to understand how powerful he is. Amen? Amen? The prophet came in. The king required his life. The prophet said, by this time tomorrow, 24 hours, you're eating each other's children. There's famine. There's no water, and a horde is outside your city walls to destroy you. In 24 hours, everything will change. It staggered the people. It stopped the assault of the king to take his life. And then the captain said this, it's impossible. And then Elisha said, you will see it with your eyes, but you won't partake of it because of your unbelief. Do not have unbelief in your heart this morning. I don't care how bad you've messed things up. This is for somebody this morning. I wasn't this strong on it this morning. You may have bankrupt yourself in terrible ways and made the worst decisions. I love this about the empowering grace of heaven. He'll rescue you in a moment, set you free, and some of the most broken people in here will become the most powerful. 24 hours later, there was four lepers sitting on the wall. Four is the number of new direction. Severely broken lepers. Bodies are falling apart. They're sitting on the wall of the city. And they said, we can't go back into this city. There's oppression. There's death and disease. We can't sit here. We're going to die. We need to move forward. The Bible says that there was a sound that came upon their feet. Everybody say this. There's a new sound coming to my life. There's a new sound coming to my life. These men begin to move forward, and God put a sound on their feet that sounded like a multitude. The Syrians, and then God began Listen to this thing. To release that, that thing right there. There we go. So if you hold it this way, it chokes it off. Kind of like, yeah, there you go. All right. I was, I was being Mr. Literal. I'm like. So they began to walk, and God put a sound on their feet. The Syrians heard an army coming towards them, and they fled for their lives. And these four lepers walked into the camp of the Syrians, ate all their food, and to begin to take all their articles of gold and silver and begin to plunder everything. And then they started feeling convicted because we're eating all this food and people are dying in the city. So they ran into the city and they made a pronouncement, hey, all the Syrians are gone. And the people emptied the city and the man that was trampled in the city gate was the captain. He was trampled to death as all the city and the king went out and partook of the bounty of the Lord. Listen to me. Everything changed through a decree. Everything changed. 
And I'm here to decree to you today. You mark my words. Put it down. Everything is about to change. For this house, there's another level of glory coming here. And I want to tell you something. My opinion of this house is very lofty. I love Calvary Church. I love your pastor a lot. The anointing here is awesome. I'm here to tell you it's going to the next level. There's a whole nother level coming. And the very glory and anointing that's here is coming to your house personally. Amen? amen. The Bible says over this church, you have been faithful. Say amen. amen. I heard this word when I was praying. He says, you have intervened. Your intervention has been noticed. As a church, you have been intervening. This is such a great passage of scripture. It's a little bit of an understatement, but out of Psalms 106, 28, it says they joined themselves unto the Baal of Peor, and they ate sacrifices to the dead. Thus they provoked him to anger with their deeds, and the plague broke out against them, and then Phineas stood up and he intervened. Now that is like you could circle that and say this is the biggest understatement. He intervened. He didn't just intervene. I mean, he was violent. He intervened, and the plague was stopped. And he was accounted to him for righteousness to all generations. So what had happened was in his intervention, the people were sinning so greatly. The body of Christ right now, there's a lot of, listen, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of churches majorly fractured and broken right now. I, there's, there's, I have not seen at this time where there is no true north and the word of God is not being preached in many places and the body of Christ is floundering, not knowing the right hand from their left hand. They don't know. They're deceived. There's sin. And I, I met with a pastor who's kind of a big deal in our city the other day, a spirit-filled guy. And he was so out of oil and so weary and just basically just kind of done with it all. And I, and I, I, I grabbed his forearm out of compassion, not judgment, out of compassion. And I said, Pastor, aren't you hungry? And it, it, it hit him like a, like a um, he just, he literally flinched back. And I said, man, I am so hungry. I said, and that's kind of what I found out when I'm about to transition seasons. God comes and he visits me with hunger. Can I ask you a question? It doesn't matter if you feel broken right now. Who in here has been feeling an urgency for hunger in your life? Let me see your hand. Okay, that you're about to transition. Sometimes you just transition in faith. You don't feel anything. You just grab the word and you believe in faith. And other times God, and he visits you with tremendous hunger. Amen. And he's going to visit you tremendously with hunger. Amen? And I grabbed this pastor's arm, and I began to weep. And I said, I said you know, Pastor, we have to have revival. It's, the options for it are, are complete. There's, there's no longer options. We have to have a move of God because we just don't know where we're at. I said, there's so many people that don't know their left hand. I told him, from their right hand until the glory of God comes. And then all of a sudden, we measure ourselves to his glory. That's why every move of God that has ever happened started with repentance. Because you cannot get close to him without repenting. Because you realize, oh man, I've thought this way. Oh God, I repent. Lord, I've been living here and I've been wandering. Oh God, I repent. And there's a cleansing. A, literally a change in the way that you think. The power of repentance met nail. To change the way that you think. It's powerful. It's amazing when it comes. And it's going to come to this place. And I saw like this sevenfold manifestation of the Spirit come into this house. Multiple moves of God. Different types of, I mean, one day it'll be the power of God. The laughter will break out. And then holiness and repentance will break out. Then the river of God will break out. And everything's going to be drunk breaking out. It's going to be a wild time in the Spirit. Just do a little study on the Cane Ridge Revival. You ever heard of the term barking up a tree like a dog? It came out of that revival. 
People were getting saved so fast, they couldn't get preachers, and so they were grabbing these brand-new converts and sticking them up. This is in Kentucky on these ridges, and they were cutting down trees, and these brand-new converts were preaching the word like they'd done it 20 years. And they said the power of God would roll through those fields, just roll through and pin people to the ground. And they would hold on to those tree stumps as the glory of God came through. And then the rich would come out of their church services, and they were pious, and they began to mock the move of God. And this is, you could tell, this is history. And there would come a judgment against them from mocking the pure move of God. And they would grab a hold of a tree and begin to bark up it like a dog until they repented. Study it. It's in our history. There's a move of God coming here that's going to blow your mind. Because we need it. The options, it's no longer about, it's just a good idea. We have to have a move of God. We are desperate for a move of God. Amen? The church, God says over you, you have intervened. What Phineas did to intervene is that he got so tired of the mixture and the mockery. He was a priest. He picked up a javelin. There was an Israelite man that had married himself to a woman, a Moabitess, and he brought her before the Lord, before the elders, arrogantly. And Phineas stood up and he grabbed the javelin and he chased them out of the tent and he ran the javelin through the man and the woman and killed them because he had the zeal of God on him. And the plague was stopped that day. God says, this church, the zeal of God has been upon you to intercede and to pray. Can I encourage you? It's time for you to come to these prayer meetings throughout the week. Right now, we got to get into a place of prayer. Amen? God has placed this house at a high place for a divine purpose. Say amen. This may not be a physical high place, but it's a high place in the spirit. Every time I come here, the anointing on this place is the host, the presence of God. It is a high place. It has a divine purpose. Amen. Whatever you do in this place carries great weight. Everything you do in this place carries great weight. Your authority, the Lord wants you to know as a church, has expanded beyond the walls. Now, you have to know this about the ecclesia, the ruling anointed body of Christ. Every time you worship in here in the spirit of truth and in unity, what happens outside these walls, you don't even realize what's taking place. We had a prophet come to our church. I shared this in the beginning service. I'm actually going to, I've got to preach this three times, and everybody's going to hear it. Amen? Um, we had a prophet come, and our church is in downtown Denver. We were surrounded by 10 witch covens registered, so we knew of 10 at least, and they would come into our meetings. You'll find that. They, they, they will get around. They're not afraid to be around. They want to find out what, why this place burning, what's happening here. They're very sensitive in the spirit. And they would show up, these little June cleavers. For those of you who used to watch Leave It to Beaver. And they were witches. You see, it's not the ones with the razor teeth and their, you know, the white skin and their black hair. and their, They're not the scary ones. It's some little June cleavers. They're the ones packing authority. And I remember one girl, this lady comes in, our altars were packed. It was our third altar call. Souls were getting saved. Our pastor went to Argentina and got wrecked with an Argentine revival fire. And ever since then, it changed everything. And so we had an altar call that morning. And here comes this little June Cleaver, kind of her little pastel dress. And she's milling around, laying hands on people. Pastor Randy, he's, you know, he's like six foot four, huge. Benching 515 pounds in college. He's a huge man. He goes, hey, who's that lady? I said, I don't know. Well, go tell her not to lay hands on people. I said, you're Mr. Huge. You go tell her, you know. So I walked up to her. I said, hey, ma'am. I said, we don't know you. 
I said, um, don't lay one more hand on another person. She goes, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I just can't help but laying my hands on your sheep. I'm like, laying hands on our sheep? Who talks this way? I said, don't touch another sheep. And she she kind of just skips back and goes to her chair. And all of a sudden, a few minutes later, another altar call. Here she comes again. And I walk right up to her. I said, listen, don't touch another one of our sheep. I said, I don't know you. If you want prayer, I'll pray for you. She said, oh, no, it's okay. And she goes back to her seat. Well, Pastor Randy preached this flamethrower message. Whole place responds. Here she comes. I'm like, Ooh, I got this. And I went up to her, and I was about to put my hands on her head, and I got about three inches, and all of a sudden, little Miss June Cleaver came alive. I mean, it was like a snake came out of this lady. Don't judge me! Screaming. And she ran out of that place. You see, God has increased the anointing of this place, the authority of this place. So we, in this time, we were trying to get leverage and traction in the spirit. This prophet came. Don't remember his name. I don't remember what he preached. I just remember him saying this. The authority of this house has greatly increased. You are impacting the area around you. So we had a conference. So he was going to be speaking again that night. So this couple went down the street to go get some Chipotle. And they walked in. There was a three-story a three beautiful um, home that was for sale. And they wanted to find out why it was for sale. It was about two or three blocks away from us. So they walked in there, and the lady that was selling it, they inquired, said, hey, what, what's going on with this house? It's a beautiful Victorian home. And she goes, oh, well, the lady that owned this was a famous medium in the area. And she could no longer get breakthrough. This couple's like, excuse us? They go, she goes, yeah, there's this church down the way that has blocked her from getting breakthrough, so she had to move. <laughs> well, that couple, that couple skipped lunch ran back to the church, shared the testimony, and we had a heyday in the Holy Ghost. We, we're impacting witches and warlocks, mediums, stuff's getting shifted. There was one pastor I knew, they were in the middle of a prayer meeting. Hardly anybody, just maybe five, six people attended this prayer meeting, but they're throwing down Africa style. Do it Africa style or Korean style, both are great. And they're throwing down Africa-style prayer, flowing in the spirit, prophesying, driving it home. And all of a sudden, they get a door knock on the back door, and they open it up. And it was the local uh, medium guy. He says, listen, pastor. And he knew, this, he knew the pastor. The pastor knew him. He goes, listen, I have a very important person coming that I'm supposed to be reading the bones for. I can't hear. I need you to not have this permitting just for one hour, please, so I can read the bones for this man coming in. He goes, will you please stop? And the pastor's like, no. So they went back to prayer, and they lifted up to a whole nother level. The dude, the bone reader, had to move. He couldn't, he couldn't hear no more. He couldn't make his money. That's the authority of the body of Christ. Do you know that's the authority that you have in your house? Do you know that you have the authority to adjust the entire atmosphere over your neighborhood? You do. Say amen. God wants Calvary to know that the authority on this house has gone out into the region. It's gone out into the region. Everything you do together in unity, every time you gather together in prayer, every time you worship together, and every time the word of God's released, it's not just hitting you, it's hitting others. Yeah. I was praying with this drug addict one day. Kid couldn't, get, this is what I was going to tell you last night. This kid was so bound. So I go to his house and he tried to come off this methadone stuff and he was having terrible withdrawals. So I went over to his house to pray with him. Well, Lou Engle jumped all over me, just got all over me. And I started praying like a madman in this joker's house. And he was sweating and shaking. And I thought he was going to die because just, you just don't come off of methadone. 
came off of it cold turkey. And his sister thought he was going to die. I said, you just sit there, dude. I'm praying. And I started praying like a maniac. And it just came on me. And I'm pacing back and forth, crying. All of a sudden, he, he's pouring sweat. He leaps. He's pale white. Pale white. He leaps off the couch, screaming in tongues, throws off his towel, and starts screaming and going nuts. And all of a sudden, we hear a knock at the back of the door. And I, I didn't know. I was like, man, it's one of the neighbors. We were yelling. It was like a duplex. We were yelling out of control, thinking, man, they're here to kick us out of this place. And so I didn't tell Ronnie. I said, let's just keep praying, dude. And, and then I hear the knock again. And so I was like, Ronnie, dude, somebody's at your back door. So he opens up the door, and there is a drug dealer tattooed up, ripped. He's got his, he's packing his little gun back here on all fours on Ronnie's door. And there is a pile of slobber and tears on the ground. And he's shaking. He goes, I got to get right with God. He came over to sell drugs to Ronnie and got hit by the power of God. I mean, totally jacked by the power of God. So I'm just kind of watching this thing. Well, then Ronnie comes and jumps on him. He has this, his back is just ruined. So here's this guy, gets saved, and then God, he had, his back was a mess. Radically heals his back. Then he went home and got his wife saved and his children saved and stopped dealing drugs. Through a prayer meeting. That's the authority on this house. Are you hearing me? I got to get this side to get with me. Are you guys with me? <laughs> Hallelujah. What you do in this high place carries great weight and authority. The authority of this house is being greatly expanded. You are anointed to reverse and to cancel curses and barrenness. Praise the Lord for that. God has placed upon this house the anointing of Jehu. He was anointed to bring down the witchcraft of Jezebel. Say amen. amen. Jehu was inoculated to her witchcraft. The very thing that affected Elijah... The witchcraft of Jezebel, it always tries to take out the prophetic voice. It's wrestled against this church for years in the area of hosting the presence of God. But now you have pushed through that. And you're going to host the presence of God whether it kills you. You don't care. You're going to host the presence of God. That's the resolve of your pastors. We're going to have God's presence. And we're going to have revival. That's why you're fasting and praying right now because everything is about to shift. Hallelujah. Jehu was anointed to go and to destroy this Jezebel spirit. And he did not feel the weight of her witchcraft. He just went and commanded for the, for the um, uh, eunuchs to cast her down. It was prophetically fulfilled that she was cast to the ground. She said, I know this is Jehu that's coming, for he is one who rides furiously. Calvary, you're like a furious church in the spirit. Smile at me. Everybody smile at me. Brother, I just saw this morning in the front row, I saw like a, a massive visitation coming to you. I feel like God is going to set everything in order in your life. There's major, major, God's, God's realigning everything. And I saw the glory of God coming to you, and he's going to use you in such profound, powerful ways. And I saw you worshiping, and I just felt such love for you. And I just felt it was the heart of God for you. And God just says over you, I love you so much. And you need to know that today because that's going to shift your life, knowing his deep love and affection for you. I saw everything being wiped away, all the past things. God says, I'm bringing alignment. I'm restoring you. I'm bringing life back to you. I'm raising you up. And I saw God using you in profound ways. So get ready. I want you to receive that. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
There's a spirit of Jehu on this place. I got to move quick. The warfare against your voice has been broken. We are in a time of injustice being reversed. Amen? Injustice in our land is being reversed. God is reversing, and he's causing things that have been hidden to be exposed. There's coming an exposure for healing. Amen? He's going to expose the things hidden in darkness. God says over this house, it's time for you to release incense to a whole new level. Amen? Turn with me to Isaiah 60. Go ahead and read Isaiah 60 um, when you get home, okay? I just got really grabbed by Isaiah 52. Real quickly, this church has been anointed to declare, hallowed be your name. There's a restoration of his name to your region. Hallowed be your name. God is going to restore the greatness of his name through this house because his name is great. There's coming an anointing on you in your worship service to declare, hallowed be your name, reverenced, revered. God, there's no God like you. And there's an anointing coming upon you in your worship. Pastor Luke, Pastor Luke, I love you, to declare the greatness of his name. And it is no little thing. There's coming a great weight to declare the greatness of his name. It's going to set things in order. Listen, I feel like this church right now is the hope over the region. It's going to set, I, I, I see pastors coming that are completely out of oil. They've lost their vision. They've lost their way. I see them on their knees all over the place getting filled, refired, refreshed. It's not going to be about one house moving in it. You're the catalyst for it. It's going to be multiple houses through multiple denominations. You know what a groan that's been in me? God invade the Mormon church. Invade Jehovah's Witnesses. Let true Jesus show up. Let true Jesus show up. I'm telling you, God is about to set everything in order. I don't know how much time that we have. I feel like the Spirit of the Lord is moving powerfully, quickly, and right now. Amen? I want to move into the personal thing that God wants to do for you. The word of God says that you have been steadfast as a church. Daniel 9, it says just for the sake of time that Daniel was reading out of the book of Jeremiah and he saw that the people of God were going to be in captivity for 70 years and he realized that it was the 70th year. And he set himself to pray and to fast, realizing this is the 70th year. Lord, we're in captivity, but you prophesied that it would be 70 years of desolation and that we could return. So he began to pray and he began to fast and began to decree. And as he set himself toward the Lord, it's like he didn't have to see one crack in Jericho's wall. He didn't have to see one person getting set free from captivity, but he knew the power of his decree and his declaration. So he began to pray, and the Bible says that Gabriel suddenly appeared to him. Everybody say suddenly. 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 
Suddenly. Man, some of you are pulling on me, boy. Oh, in a good way. Your hunger is pulling on me. And the angel of the Lord says, Daniel, you are greatly beloved. And in that moment of intercession, of crying out, which some of you have been doing, suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared and radical breakthrough came to his life in that moment. And God says, I'm sending us suddenly. You got to get this. Please get this. There's a suddenly coming to you. Please. Some of you have never seen a suddenly. You've never had a breakthrough in your home like you're about to see. Some of you have not seen the revival that's about to break loose. It's going to blow your mind. I'm telling you, your flesh is crying out for it. Crying out for it. God says, I want you to acquaint yourself with me. It's time for you to decree a thing, and it's going to be established. Job 22, 21 through 28. Now acquaint yourself with him and be at peace. Therefore, good will come to you. Receive, please, instruction from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. If you return to the Almighty, he will build you up. He will remove iniquity far from your tents. Then you will lay your gold in the dust and your gold of ephor among the stones of the brooks. Yes, the Almighty will be your gold and your precious silver. For then you will have your delight in the Almighty and you will lift up your face to God. You will make your prayer to him. He will hear you and you will pray, pay your vows and you will also decree a thing and it will be established for you so light will shine on your ways. Isaiah 40. Please get this. God says over you out of Isaiah 40, your voice, the warfare against your voice, it's released. It's over. I had warfare against my voice for one year. I'm going I'm to be, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I, I took them. I went left when God told me to go right. I didn't share this in the first service, but it was a, a major prayer meeting that I was hosting with a bunch of pastors. It was a regional thing, and I came under terrible attack. And some things came out of my heart I didn't even know were there. And the Lord showed me how to go into battle. We, it, was a, it was a major prayer event. People had been fasting and praying. Pastors all over the city had come together. And I just came under it. I can't explain it other than that. And the Lord said, I need you to send this worship team out as Judah. And you do this, 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 and this. That was my game plan. I came into that meeting and I approached all the worship team. We had probably four or five worship teams on the stage to flow prophetically back and forth. But God said, you go out this way. And I told the worship team this. I go, oh, man, boy, that's going to be difficult as a worship team to pull it off. But that's what God said to do. And I should have just said, okay, we'll just do it. That's what God said to do. Instead, I was under this weird thing came over me, a lie that was in my heart from a spiritual father years earlier that wounded me. And I didn't, I, I thought that I was healed, but something manifested. And I said, okay, guys, and I, I wanted to prove that I was a real regional guy and not about my own thing. So I, I totally just let my authority go. I said, okay, you guys do what you want to do, and then I'll come up and we'll prophesy and release some things. And immediately, the mind of the Lord came off of me. The prophetic spirit lifted. I felt no anointing. I felt like I was completely lost, like a goose in a snowstorm. 
And I was fighting to get it back, trying to get it back, trying to get it back, trying to get it back. And I didn't have any, any direction for the entire prayer meeting. I was embarrassed. I felt completely sheepish. And we went up afterwards, and the, God was good. He took the prayer meeting a great direction. Uh, I had nothing to do with it. And we went up afterwards, and I heard come through my right ear, I'm taking your voice from you. It was, it was demonic. I'm taking your voice from you. And for one year, I struggled. All of, all of 2018, I struggled heavily. I couldn't hardly decree anything. It took everything in me to come into a place of declaration. I couldn't blow a shofar. I would try to go and to go into a place of declaration because that's really was how we were rolling for a long time. And it was like I, I just, it was like I would just cower down. And I remember on the day, one year later to the day, and a lot of you don't know this, but I had kidney failure in 2018. My kidneys just shut down on a trip. I was preaching in Arkansas, and they just failed. My blood pressure went to 250 over 150, and I thought I was going to die. I was just going to blow a gasket. Went to the hospital, and they said, your kidneys are completely failed. I was swollen all over. And so I was on dialysis, and your body stops producing hormones, and I was freezing cold. Now, one year to the day, I go to take a bath, try to get warm. If you've ever taken a long fast, you know it's hard to get warm sometimes. And so I was taking a bath, and I took in my Bible, and I was reading out of the book of Psalms, and I'm sitting there, and I had the water super hot, and so it started making me sweat. And I had this Bible with me, and I had it in my left hand, and I, I grabbed a towel to try to wipe my face, and all of a sudden, my Bible flipped over. And the power of God set on me. I knew I was about to have an encounter with the Lord. And I looked down, and it was Isaiah 40. It talked about the restoration of a voice. He said, Dan, your warfare is over. There was a pastor that I was, he's, he's, he's a powerhouse way up north in Denver. It's a very large church. It's very apostolic very authoritative. He's one of these dudes, you do not give him a prophetic word unless you're right. It's scary. You, you do not give this dude some flowery word. He will rebuke you. And I went to one of his healing meetings. It was powerful. He prophesied over us. And that night, God gave me a word for his house. And I kept resisting it, resisting. Three times he came to me. You call that pastor and tell him you have a word for him. And I kept saying no. So I'm sitting in the bathtub. And I look. God says, the warfare on your voice is over. You call that pastor, just like that. I came flying out of that tub. I ran into our bedroom. Jesus like, what in the world are you doing? I got to call that pastor right now. Saturday night. Saturday night. I'm thinking, there's no way this man's going to, he doesn't even know me. There's no way he's going to answer his phone. Pastors don't answer their phone on Saturday nights. Well, he answers his phone. My pastor, he goes, who is this? Serious, he's a serious guy. Who is this? And he's buff. He's huge. Good-looking guy. And, uh, and we, all, we wore the same watch. It was great. <laughs> and uh, I said, this is Dan Yickley. He goes, oh, I remember you. I said, Pastor, I'm sorry. The Lord told me several times that I have a word for you, and I've resisted it. And tonight, I feel so strong. He goes, well, what's your word? Just like that. <laughs> so I tell him, he goes, when can you come to my church? I said, I can be there next Sunday. And he showed up. The power of God in this broken state. My body was very broken at that time. It actually got worse. As you saw me kind of walk up weird, my legs aren't fully working yet, but they're, be, it's, they're being healed as I speak. Yeah. It feels good to feel good, amen? Yeah. It's 
stood in that man's pulpit and the power of God shook his church. Power of God came down as God says over me, Dan, your voice is restored. And I'm here to tell you the exact same word over you, Isaiah 40. God says the warfare, your warfare has ended. Please get this. Your warfare has ended. It's over. And like Daniel began to prophesy, he didn't see things break loose. He just heard the word of the Lord. How do you partner with the prophetic word? You hear it, and by faith, you begin to see it, begin to manifest. Sometimes you feel it, sometimes you don't. But by faith, you begin to activate this thing. Amen? Isaiah 40, your voice is being released. Your warf- the warfare against your voice is broken. God says over you, this is what captured me, Isaiah 52. You ready? God says over you today, awake, awake, put on strength. Put on your beautiful garments, church, for the uncircumcised and the unclean, the lies, the distractions, they shall no longer come to you. Shake yourself from the dust and arise. Sit down. Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter. For thus saith the Lord, you have sold yourselves for nothing. You shall be redeemed without money. For thus says the God of Israel, my people went down at first. And he says, and I rescued them. He sent breakthrough to them. And I'm restoring you in the name of Jesus. Listen to me. Everything today is changing. When the prophet stood in Samaria and released the word of the Lord, everything shifted. In Jesus' name, why don't you stand to your feet? Sudden breakthroughs are coming to your life. Revival and atmospheres are changing in your home. I want to declare over you that the atmosphere of your house is about to match up with the atmosphere of this house. Who needs a shift in the atmosphere over your house? Raise your hand. Leave them up. In the name of Jesus, just leave them up. In the name of Jesus. Father, we declare in Jesus' name. Father, I bless the new season of this church. I bless the glory to glory to glory anointing upon this house. I declare in the name of Jesus that, Lord, they are moving into a new season. Lord, this fast is going to break things open. Father, I bless every home. I bless every marriage. I bless every teenager, every child. I declare the atmospheres are about to shift in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that you have increased the authority of this house. It's increasing even now in the name of Jesus. I bless you declare life over you. I want you to ask the Lord for the grace of hunger. I want you to ask him, ask him, say, Lord, I need hunger. I need hunger. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I need hunger.
Father, those that have been dislocated and out of joint. They just serve notice today to depression. The spirit of depression is being broken off of you right now. Some of this room has been wrestling with terrible anxiety. Terrible anxiety. I want you to let the fresh oil of the Spirit of God run over your mind. Who in here has been struggling with anxiety? Just every, every eye closed. If you've been struggling with anxiety, just raise your hand. I just saw anxiety just being broken today. Can we lay hands on those? If you wouldn't mind raising your hands, would you just raise your hands? Can we just lay hands on those that are around that are struggling with anxiety? Several hands went up. That thing's going to break today. That tormentor is breaking today. God's breaking torment today. Come on. Command torment go in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, torment is broken today. There is coming a blow today to accusation against you. The enemy has been accusing you day and night. We break off accusation. It's your adversary, your enemy, accusing you. We break that off in Jesus' name. Lord, bring restoration. Bring restoration. 